Hey everyone, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow and I am going to be doing this one solo today because it's May 26th, 2022. Our Gaspar and Away podcast we've been looking forward to for a long time was published this morning. I hopped on Twitter to promote that, get that out there, and as I'm writing that tweet, I see, shockingly, that the great character actor Ray Liotta has passed away at the age of 67. And this is, wow. I mean, I saw that and this is one where I had to walk away. Like I just kept saying, no, no, no. And then, you know, you do the thing where you go on like however many news sources you have to, to verify it. And I'm like, okay, this is, yeah, this is real. This sucks. It's also a really difficult news time in general. When is it not? But it's (laughs) not a lot of joy to be found in the news right now. And this just hits heavy as far as celebrity passings go. I do not know what happened. It seems like it was in his sleep in a hotel room in the Dominican Republic. He's filming a movie down there. This was a career that myself and I am assuming a lot of us thought this was going to go on for more decades. He was still delivering. This is a guy who delivered a knockout performance with performance number one. And then shortly after that, he does even better in, you know, the most famous movie he's still ever been in. And in 2021, he delivered a performance in one of my favorite movies of the year, No Sun Move, as this kind of heavy but still funny mob boss. My point is, since I've been alive, I've loved this guy, and he's always delivered consistent work over and over. You know, we talk about character actors a lot on the show because these are people, men and women, who a lot of us, even general movie audiences, will recognize their face. It's the common thing, like, they're in everything, but you don't know their name. Okay, most people know what Ray Liotta looks like. You've seen one or two movies of his, but if you're like me and obsessed with film and have been forever, then this guy has been in your life in a major way. And I mean, I love character actors so much. I've said for a long time that if I had to pick a favorite, it would be Christopher McDonald. We did an entire episode on him. I love Chris Mack. Number two for me was always Ray Liotta. Always. I, it's just, wow. So this one definitely, for me personally, hits uh, very heavy because I've just been a fan of his for as long as I have been a fan of movies. And I, it's not, you know, he can make bad movies bearable or sometimes even rewatchable. Every movie I'm going to talk about here is not like <laughs> a masterpiece. Not every movie that a character actor is in is going to be good, fellas. That's just not the way it works. You know, Ray Liotta's not on set for these movies every single day. A lot of these, he's just going to be there and be in a scene or two, but I am hard-pressed to think of a movie, even if he's in a scene or two, that he did not steal those scenes. And then when he's gone, uh, you're usually like, are we going to get that character back? Like, Is he coming back? I, I really liked him. Ah. I don't have uh, many notes here, if any. I'm just going to talk about I'm going to go in order of his career and talk about some of my favorite work of his and why some of it meant a lot to me. You know, I think the most common thing that people say about Ray Liotta and the characters he played, a lot of intensity, right? A lot of tough guys, criminals, 
psychopaths, a lot of screaming, all done very convincingly, so convincingly that I think some people started to think that's who this guy really was. But, you know, by his account, he was adopted. He was a very sensitive kid. And he said many times in many interviews that he got typecast as playing those roles and he was making a living off of playing those roles, but that is not the way he was in real life. He said he had never been in a fight. And that, I, that's just fascinating to me. It's fascinating that someone who's played some of the most convincing psychos in the last, what, 35 years of cinema is a nice guy in real life. And I'm, you know, this news is still very recent. So my first cursory kind of look at Twitter, I'm already seeing a lot of celebrities from varying careers, everyone from Lorraine Bracco to Seth Rogen, talking about how nice of a guy this guy was. We all know he's a great actor, but everyone's saying how nice he is, how funny he was. And he did that in his roles occasionally. You know, he wasn't always this manic, intense guy, this foreboding guy. He did know how to dip into comedy, even when he was playing a psycho sometimes. But we're going to get into some of these, a lot of these. Just a, man, what a sad day. Unexpected from nowhere. God. Speaking to that sensibility of him being very nice in real life, I actually got to meet Ray Liotta very briefly in, God, this is ages ago, in 2003. I was in high school and I was in New York with some fellow classmates and there were a few teachers there as chaperones. We had like won some award at Columbia. So, you know, we were there for a couple days staying at a Times Square hotel and late one night, I mean, this is like 10, 30, 11, I think we were where the hell were we coming from? We were coming from a different show, Avenue Q. That's right. We had seen that on Broadway. We're like coming back. It's late. It's kind of cold because it's not officially spring yet. Got our jackets on. And I noticed like 15, 20 people huddled up around a door. And I didn't know this was a thing. I know it's a thing now. But when a Broadway show is done, people, fans will wait at, you know, a back entrance for the cast to leave. And if a cast member is gracious enough, They'll stand back there and, you know, talk for a little bit, sign a few autographs, something like that. So I walk by and, you know, I'm curious. So I ask what kind of what's everyone waiting for? And they told me, you know, Ray Liotta is in a show in this theater and he's going to come out here any minute. And he usually signs a few autographs. So I made it very known that I was going to stay. And my teacher was cool enough with me to stay. Apparently, she kind of had a childhood crush on Mr. Liotta. So that all worked out. And, you know, we're waiting like 10, 15 minutes talking to people and he comes out and he looks tired because he's just gotten off work. He's gotten off stage and probably wants to go home, get some sleep. And I like to tell this story because the dude just stood there in the cold, signing these autographs, talking to people, not blowing people off. People are paying him compliments. He's taking the time to talk to people. And while I was waiting for him to come out, I got the idea that he had been doing this the entire run of his show. And that's just cool. I mean, this is, that's just a really cool thing for a really famous person to do. I, I love that. I love hearing that he's coming out of the back of this theater night after night. He's got this crowd of fans and he's not leaving until the last autograph is signed. You know, I got a picture, I got an autograph, that whole thing. And it's just, it's a memory I have always cherished and will hold on to even more now. Let's get into some of this work. This I'm not going to talk about all of them. If you go on IMDb, he has a crazy amount of credits. I have seen the majority of them, not all the TV. I'll get to that, but 
I'm just going to go through some of the movies I've liked along the way, some of which I still love, some of which I liked as a kid, and maybe they don't hold up as much now. That's okay. I just love Ray. That's all. So when I was younger, I thought Ray Liotta's career pretty much started with Field of Dreams, and then that magically went into this iconic role of Henry Hill in Goodfellas. When in fact, you gotta go back to 1986, Jonathan Demi's Something Wild. This is Leota's breakout role. He plays Ray Sinclair, a genuine, bona fide, legit psychopath. He's an ex-boyfriend to Melanie Griffith, and he just terrorizes her and Jeff Daniels. Go see this movie. This is one I discovered a little later in life, and I'm, I'm just so... You know, Demi's one that Criterion has really gotten behind now, which is great. This is a movie that is now, it's much easier to find than it was years ago. So if you like Ray and you like seeing Ray get down and crazy, this is a great place to start something wild. Dominic and Eugene in 1988. This was one that was on TV a little bit when I was a kid. It's, I just tried to find if it was available anywhere. It is not. He's just really good in it with Tom Hulse. Now, Field of Dreams, Shoeless Joe Jackson. What's so cool about this performance? Because he's not in it too much. This is obviously the Kevin Costner show, of course. But as Shoeless Joe, there is a mysticism to Leota, like an inherent belief in what's happening that makes us, the audience, believe it. And his conviction just makes us go on that journey right away. Because I'm not, I've never been a fan of when movies sit in denial, 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 denial so long. Like, Field of Dreams isn't going to work if for an hour and 50 minutes, Shoeless Joe has to, like, convince Kevin Costner what's going on. You know, part of the fun of that movie is when people get it, they get it. And the sooner people get it, it helps us get it more. I mean, get it in terms of believe, you know, can you see it? And he is really our first entry into that. And I just, I love the way he plays this. He just has this magic to him the whole time. It's, oh God, it's so great. Henry Hill, 1990, Goodfellas. His most iconic, probably his best role, definitely a major, major breakout hit. Post Goodfellas, he's now Ray Liotta. He's not the crazy guy from Something Wild or Shoeless Joe from Field of Dreams. He's Ray Liotta. And I, what's to say that hasn't been said? At times, he's so menacing, like when he's pistol whipping that shithead neighbor in the driveway. And then he's also incredibly charming, like when we're following him and Lorraine Bracco, one of the most iconic shots and scenes in film history. Their chemistry, I mean, throughout the highs and lows, so believable throughout. I love watching them together. What's also great about this performance is that we see the mafia terror really start to weigh on him. I mean, it is clear that Henry Hill's psychosis isn't quite as demented as De Niro's or Joe Pesci's. And that's realized so well, even in those glances, those facial expressions during the Billy Bats killing, you know, I didn't mean to get blood on your floor. And then he just looks at Joe Pesci like that. That's your main concern right now, dude. <laughs> God. And um, the way he seems really genuinely busted up when Spider is killed. He just, you know, he's dead. It's like, uh, yeah, a lucky shot. Uh. And then, wow, I mean, Sunday, May 11th, that whole sequence, jumping into the fire. We've talked about this on the pod a lot. I don't know exactly how long it took them to film all of that, but he is maintaining that insane, coked up energy throughout. And it's so convincing that it's alarming. <laughs> like, is this dude okay? I mean, I love... Isaiah Whitlock Jr. is the doctor. You know, Jesus, man, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> Let me take a look at you. God, I mean, Henry Hill, Goodfellas. This is 
It's iconic as Ray Liotta gets. I could talk about this movie, this performance forever. Uh, I, how can you not put this one on very shortly after a day like today? Unlawful Entry, 1992. Here he's just going full psycho. Like they're, He's trying to go as demented as Pesci and Goodfellas. Plays an L.A. cop who becomes absolutely obsessed with a couple, Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe. It's just a great, cheesy 90s thriller that is seriously elevated by Leota's manic energy. He's nuts in this really fun performance. Again, like I said, he could make bad movies bearable or better or rewatchable. And I'm not just talking about all-timer movies today, but whatever he was in, he was good in them. Like, uh, okay, No Escape, Unforgettable, Turbulence. These are not great movies, but hell, I mean, I rewatched Turbulence shortly after COVID hit. I think it was on Amazon Prime, and I had a blast. I mean, that's such an improbable, stupid action movie. It's ridiculous, but he's absolutely going for it the whole time. He's just terrorizing Lauren Holly at 40,000 feet. I love it. Ah, Turbulence. But then we get another gear from him, right? Operation Dumbo Drop. Muppets in Space. I watched those movies as a kid too. It was like seeing Michael Madsen pop up as the dad in Free Willy. It's like, whoa, this this guy who always plays psychos can play the dad. I just loved it. I mean, I love Ray Liotta playing these dad roles. He was always he was just good in them as well. This is another milestone for me. Copland, 1997. He's playing Figsy. This is James Mangold's second film. It's still my favorite, Mangold. If you have not seen Copland and you are in the mood for a Ray Liotta movie, go see this damn movie. Sylvester Stallone is definitely the lead. It's his show. It also contains his best work. But Liotta is he's kind of the vicious heart of the movie. He plays a crooked cop wrestling with his life, his place in the world, his jobs. His dependency on substances, he's bloated, he's drunk, washed up, coked out. It's a fully lived-in performance. He's, he has scenes with Sly where he's gentle, but then he also has to push him, and he has to get enraged, you know, go do something. You don't go down Broadway to get to Broadway, you zigzag, you go diagonal. He has a ferocious scene with Robert Patrick in a bar. You won't forget it if you watch it. Great stuff. It, this is a, the type of movie that really, really sticks the ending, and it gets it right, and it's so well done, and he is a big part of that. I love this movie. I love Ray in it. A great film, Copland. A few years after Copland, he played Sinatra in the Rat Pack movie. It's, it was made for TV. It's not like the best TV movie, but the guys who play the Rat Pack are all good. I just wanted to highlight that. That must have been a lot of fun for him. Another fun performance for him, I'm sure, Hannibal. He's playing like your DC Justice Department shitheel. If you have seen this movie, you will not forget Leota's final scene, so just go watch it. This movie in general is just insane. As a 10-year-later follow-up to Silence of the Lambs, like, this movie's nuts. So I wanted to hop on and do this, this raw kind of podcast with this raw energy because, you know, I just found this out and I wanted to get it down and talk about him, talk about Ray. In doing so, I could not be joined by my co-host, which for this movie coming up in particular is a bit of a shame, so I'm going to rep it pretty hard in Nick's absence. Blow, made in 2001, is Nick's favorite film. Here, Leota's playing Johnny Depp's dad. What great chemistry, not only do they have together where you really buy them immediately as father and son, but Leota's work starts earlier when Johnny Depp's character is still a kid, and he's, you know, he's so great. He's like, 
busting the balls of the guy on his construction crew. It's really funny. And then, so his dynamic with Depp throughout, you really feel this, I'm always going to support you. I'm always going to love you. I'm your dad, but I cannot endorse every decision you're making. Like, come on, buddy. And then, but then also there's this whole other relationship going on with Rachel Griffiths, who plays his wife in the movie, Leota's wife. And whatever the hell those two worked out beforehand plays so well in this movie. They're, they are the old married couple. It's like they've been the old married couple since the first year they were married who can't stand each other. Um, more so, she doesn't seem to be able to stand him. And he's just this, you know, kind of downtrodden guy who is putting up with it. And his disdain for her at times is so palpable. Sometimes it's funny, like nag, 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 nag at the dinner. And then sometimes, uh, you know, she does something. Uh, well, I don't know. It's an interesting question. Like, she does something to, to Johnny Depp's character later in the movie that the dad does not appreciate. And the way he plays that and the way they play off each other, it's just, you know, it probably wouldn't be easy raising a uh, major distributor of drugs. So they play that really well. Next up, for any Ray Liotta fan, we have an all-timer, Henry Oak, in the film Narc from 2002. This is genuinely one of my favorite movies so far this century. Uh, this thing is raw, real, down to the fucking bone. Liotta's such a heavy hitter here, literally. He put on a ton of weight. He has an immense presence as his crooked cop, Henry Oak. I don't want to say too much about the movie because I, I wonder, I suspect, if like Copland this could be a movie that some people haven't seen that they've been wanting to see. And if that's the case, then watch this immediately because I'm, well, all right, I'm just going to do this now because I have, there's a really, really egregious aspect of Ray Liotta's career that we can't ignore if I'm doing this. And that's the fact that Ray Liotta, zero Oscar nominations, zero Screen Actors Guild nominations, zero BAFTA nominations, whatever. That is asinine. That has never held up well, and it will not hold up now, especially now. It's just shocking. No Goodfellas nom is silly. I've never understood that. But no supporting nomination here for NARC, for Henry Oak. Baffling. He did get an Indie Spirit Award nomination. That's good, but no Oscar nom. It's just dumb. Dumb. Go see NARC. The next year, he reteams with James Mangold for Identity. I really like this movie. You know, it's a fun, contained, 90-minute-long thriller. It's got twist on top of twist. It has John Cusack, one of Nick's favorites. Ray Liotta, one of my favorites. And Liotta plays his part very well. People have seen that movie. They know what I mean. You buy everything he's doing. I'm gonna, I, I might rewatch this one tonight. It's only 90 minutes, and I love Liotta in it. <sighs> Then we have things like John Q, Revolver, Slow Burn, Smoke and Aces, Observe and Report, Date Night, countless, countless others. These are the types of movies I'm talking about where he's just popping up for a scene or two and he adds some, uh, some gravitas, frankly, to everything, even if he's funny, like an Observe and Report. He was always a joy to watch. And uh, that's just true of damn near everything he was in. Those movies I just mentioned. And again, yeah, countless others. Killing Them Softly, 2013, Marky Trapman. Everybody likes Marky. I mean, oh, this poor bastard. I love him so much. This is another performance that if you've seen it, you're not going to forget his final scene, uh, the way he plays it, the way it's shot, the way it's sound mixed. It's, oh, uh, what a poor bastard. I just, I love Marky Trapman. 
Shortly after that, I mean, we dedicated a whole episode to this film, episode 13, The Place Beyond the Pines. Again, he's not in this movie very much, but the second you meet him, his presence weighs on that entire second chapter. He's so foreboding and intimidating. This is another great character actor performance. Just coming in for two or three scenes and absolutely stealing it. Uh, can, I, can I just get a cup of coffee? Uh. His behavior and the way he is with Rose Byrne is so creepy. Like, you know, getting in there for dinner, inviting himself in, using the racist language. I mean, it's just so, oh, he's such a shithead. And he's not in the movie much at all. And you just believe his utter shittiness right away. Marriage Story came out just a few years ago, and a lot of people who saw that movie were talking about how Ray Liotta's in two or three scenes as this hot shit, high-priced L.A. divorce attorney, and how he played his part to utter perfection. In hindsight, I do wish, I mean, I wish he was given more to do in every movie he was in, but I do wish he was given maybe a little more to do so that, like Laura Dern, he could have, I don't know, maybe some Oscar nomination talk could have been started because she ended up winning, so I, I don't know. He's still great in it, though. Still, he's perfect in his few scenes. And his his delivery and cadence are so funny to me. I mean, he's like rushing around that office, holding his glasses, cutting Adam Driver off. Ray Liotta and Laura Dern are still my favorite parts of that movie. No question. No Sun Move. I already mentioned it. Steven Soderbergh is one of my top five films of 2021. I loved this movie. Liotta is part of an ensemble cast, and he's very memorable. Similarly, the Mini Saints of Newark, where he's playing twin Maltesanti brothers, I thought he was the best part of this movie, and him alone made watching the movie worth it. There's so many other movies I could go down. I'm just, I'm looking at IMDb, I'm looking at Wikipedia. I could keep going. That's, you know, if you haven't seen any of those, I really endorse everything I just mentioned, even if it's something silly like Turbulence that is, you know, silly, even if it's something where he's not in it much like Killing Them Softly. You will not forget him in Killing Them Softly. I still have some things to see, mostly as it's related to TV. He was in this NBC show, Shades of Blue, with Jennifer Lopez. There's three seasons of that. I've never watched it. I definitely will now. Hannah is on Amazon. I heard he's in the third season of that show, so now I have to watch that. I could talk about Ray Liotta all day. It's still fresh. It's still new. I'm still really... um, this is not something that's been fully processed at all. I'm going to be going on Ray Liotta binges. Maybe we'll even talk about him a little more. I'm sure we will just in regular episodes, episodes that don't have anything to do with him. He's just going to be in my mind a lot because I've been a fan of his since I've been a fan of movies. Top five Ray Liotta. Why don't I try it? Why don't we do it? Number five, I'm going to go with something wild, mostly to get more people to see that one. That's one that like, People who know it, like some people say that's their favorite Jonathan Demi movie. Fair enough. A lot of people really, really love that movie. Just trying to give a little more love for that one. So go check it out. Number four, in Nick's absence, I will give this to Blow. There's a lot going on in this performance that, you know, he's not the first, second, or third lead of it, but from where it begins when he's, you know, young, he's got his construction crew to where it ends. It's, you know, his final scene in the movie is, again, one you don't forget. Like he's really, really nailing these endings. Number three, Figsy, Copland. Go see Copland. He's so good in this. So good. He's the type of guy who's given advice on how one should live their life, but not taken any of his advice himself. He has a great scene where he has to talk to himself. I think it's hard for actors to convincingly talk to themselves, even like in a mirror. 
he's yelling at himself in this one scene and you totally buy it. And that really informs what happens in the end. It's a great movie, Copland. Number two, Henry Oak, Narc. Oh, God. I mean, gritty Joe Carnahan. This is by far my favorite Carnahan movie. Uh, Leota, Jason Patrick, what they're doing together, and all the arcs that their characters take as individuals and together. It's a really, really good movie. It's a raw-ass movie. You will know uh, by minute three that you are in something very different. And number one, yeah, it's Henry Hill. It's Goodfellas. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. One of the great all-time voiceovers. Not just that line, of course, that line, but his whole thing. The way it's kind of like, you know, down here and he's kind of over it all. There's not much excitement. I, I just, uh, I could talk about him forever, folks. I love Ray Liotta. In terms of what are you watching, I'm going to be watching a lot of these. Just go watch a Ray Liotta movie. Let us know at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning into this kind of emergency mini-sode. We, Nick and I have talked about this. You know, we, lo- we're, we lose people. You know, it sucks. It sucks every time. It's going to continue to happen. These people who've meant a lot to us and to me in my movie-obsessed life. And this one hits really hard. And, uh, you know, I'm really going to miss not being able to see additional work from him, but I'm so thankful of the performances that we have and all the ones I talked about today. So please do let us know if you're watching any of these and if you're discovering them, what you like, what you're re-watching, what you like. As always, everyone, thanks so much for listening and happy watching. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can watch my films and read my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostel.com is where you can find all of Nick's film work. Send us mailbag questions at whatareyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast. Next time, as promised, we're going to complete Gaspar's filmography with reviews on his new short film, Lux Eterna, and his sixth feature film, Vortex. Stay tuned.